This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of Terry's to use knife and sword emporium in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Hey, no show on Friday. We're not doing the uh, garbage can show like we normally do because, as we noted on previous shows, we're going on the road. We're doing a show in Columbus. We're bringing the garbage can with us. We're doing the garbage can at the Street Fight Radio Variety Show on Friday. So if you really want to get your garbage can fixed, you're going to have to buy tickets to go to the show. Or I think they stream it, actually, for their subscribers, don't they? Yeah, they, okay. uh, I, I'm fairly go. certain they do because I watched uh, a stream of the last variety show when the Trillbillies went to Columbus. Yeah. And I can't remember if that required a login or anything, but uh, I think the Street Fight YouTube channel should have it. Otherwise, you can tweet at me at night69420 mere hours before the show on Friday night, and I will probably try to get back to you with a response, but I will probably quote tweet that response because I don't want to have to answer the same fucking question over and over again. (laughs) Sam thinks people are going to DM him. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Friday, we'll be in Columbus with the Street Fight crew, with uh, comedian Jake Flores, uh... Watch the show or go to the show. Either way. Did you listen to any of the impeachment trial last night? A little bit of it. I put it on. I figured this is historic. You know, may as well have it on in the background. Uh, And it was just depressing. Yeah. Basically, the motions yesterday were McConnell trying to get his rules package passed and Democrats issuing amendments to subpoena various documents uh, or witnesses. And in a 53 to 47 party line vote, every single time those documents requests were tabled or defeated. But not only that, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but it's just the the case for impeachment is, is, yes, the story rises to the level of uh, of serious concern and impeachability. But when you just think about all the things this president has done, the fact that they have uh, thrown all their apples in this one cart and, and hearing them act that out, uh, it just sucks. It just sucks. Like, I don't want to stay up until 2 a.m. to hear about some fucking Ukraine aid, uh, which I probably shouldn't even be sent in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's McConnell's gamble here. Uh, I mean, yes, this is Democrats' fault for choosing this topic instead of a variety of other topics to impeach Trump on. But also McConnell's uh, gambit here is to stretch these arguments late into the night when people have even less patience to hear about this. True, true. But I'm just saying I would happily stay up until two in the morning if the the, uh, case included stuff like I don't know, uh, Charlottesville and the White House's connection to fucking white nationalists and shit like that. Stephen Miller's emails. Stephen Miller's emails. Yeah, yeah. Self-dealing, the Trump organization, the Trump Hotel. I'm not staying up till two to listen to Well, (laughs) we got a couple more uh, long nights ahead of us. Although McConnell did budge a little bit yesterday and extended the schedule for 
24 hours of arguments from two days to three days now. So we might not be staying until 2 a.m. the next couple nights. Uh, This day, I guess it's day three of impeachment if you include last week when they were swearing people in. This is going to feature the Democratic House managers making their case, their opening argument, and this is going to last for the next couple of days. So that will be the that will be the skinny in the impeachment here trial in the Senate. For, for the record, I think that uh, McConnell is being a dick by letting these sessions stretch late into the night, but I don't think it's really going to impact uh, the content of what's going on in the Senate. Because there are going to be people watching. There are going to be people clipping it. Obviously, staffers are going to be up there watching. Senators are going to be up there watching. They're all going to post uh, their, their favorite moments. People are going to wake up to like a selection of the best moments. So if nothing happens, nothing happens. McConnell's just being a dick. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, going to get to the news in just a second, but had to bring this up at the top of the show. Tulsi Gabbard is suing Hillary Clinton for $50 million. (laughs) This is related to Hillary Clinton uh, in an interview accusing Tulsi Gabbard of being a Russian asset or something. News of this coming out now that Hillary Clinton is back in the news for giving an interview in which she claimed that nobody likes Bernie Sanders, who is the most popular senator in America. At this point, it's clear that there's only one person who doesn't want Hillary Clinton to shut the fuck up, and that's Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard trying to exploit any chance she can (laughs) to create outrage over something Hillary Clinton said and insert herself into that controversy in order to fundraise and keep her presidential campaign afloat. Speaking of inserting oneself into the controversy, I would very much love to file a, a Namikis brief. Never know how to pronounce that word. Amicus, amicus, who really gives a shit? Either way, I want to file a friend of the court brief on behalf of Tulsi. Three words, fuck Hillary Clinton. (laughs) I want to file a brief urging the judge to just throw them both in prison. Lock them up. Lock them up. Lock them up. Hillary Hillary came out again with more Bernie bashing. Did she? Or or there was another excerpt of another interview. I'm not sure the timeline of this, but... Uh, it came out just this afternoon, uh, not long before we stepped into the booth, uh, where she said that Bernie was not stopping his, his supporters from attacking her supporters, and they had to form secret Facebook groups like <laughs> Pantsuit Nation. And all I can think about is is the time when Hillary was making a public appearance on the campaign trail and put a little rope in front of her so no one could get too close oh, yeah. to her. <laughs> Like, these are just insufferable fucking consultant class dipshits and bootlickers who just who just think they're above criticism, quite frankly. And maybe if Hillary Clinton had a bit of a thicker skin, she would have gone to Wisconsin. All right. Well, I can smell that my oven is preheated and I want to eat those pizza rolls soon. So let's get to this. It's Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020. Here's the news. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments today in a case that could lead to the further defunding of public schools and the funneling of students into private religious schools. The issue in Espinoza versus Montana Department of Revenue is whether or not states can offer scholarships for students to attend religious schools. 
seems like a no-brainer that they shouldn't be able to. In 2015, Montana rolled out a new policy that provided a matching dollar tax credit up to $150 for individuals and businesses who donated to private schools. Those donations went to setting up a scholarship for students in Montana to attend private schools, including religious schools, which comprise most of the state's private schools. Of course, once it became clear that the state was funneling money to families to enroll their kids in religious schools, state agencies realized something was a foul. The state's Department of Revenue barred the scholarship money from being used for religious schools. That prompted three families to sue the department in a bid to keep their kids in a Christian school. They won in trial court, but the Montana Supreme Court overturned that ruling and killed off the entire scholarship program, determining that it violated the state's constitution that restricts public funding for religious institutions. The court determined that, quote, religious education is a rock on which the whole church rests, end quote. So you can't distinguish between funding going to a religious school and funding going to the church itself. It's important to stress here that this is not a decision that would stop people from donating to private schools, private religious schools. It just stops them from claiming a fucking tax credit for doing it. Right. Well, the Supreme Court is interested in weighing in on the matter now. It agreed last June to hear the appeal in the case. Plaintiffs are arguing that the Montana Supreme Court's decision to nuke the law violated the First Amendment right to free exercise, the Establishment Clause, and the Equal Protection Clause. The state contends that eliminating the scholarship actually treats all religions and non-religions the same since no religious school or secular school will now have access to it. More than 20 states have similar scholarships on the books, so the court's decision in this case could have sweeping effects around the country. This was the final oral arguments before the Supreme Court ended its January session. And immediately afterward, Chief Justice John Roberts headed to the U.S. Senate, where he once again presided over a full day of impeachment trial. Long day for uh, Trump. Long day for Johnny there. Yes. Federal labor regulators got the insufferable pseudo-news site Barstool Sports to enter into a settlement months after its CEO took to Twitter to engage in illegal union busting. The deal, which was approved last month, was posted yesterday by Bloomberg News. The publication got it through FOIA. To recap, in August, Barstool CEO Dave Portnoy posted on Twitter linking to a 2015 article in which he had vowed to crush any union that his employees might try to form. Live science writer Rafi Letzer tweeted offering to help any employees of Portnoy who might want to organize. Very optimistic since Barstool is full of brown-nosing frat boys. Portnoy quote tweeted Letzer saying, DM this man and I will fire you on the spot. Shortly after, numerous people outside the company filed complaints against Barstool and Portnoy. You don't have to work for someone to file unfair labor practices with the National Labor Relations Board against them. Hint, hint, in case anyone anyone like Portnoy is acting up on Twitter. Sam has done yeah, this. I have actually done this. Well, uh, if, you, if you don't already know about it, you can ask me about it. I'll tell you because uh, I just don't feel like going over it today. Anyway, because these are open and shut violations by Barstool, the company settled. Per the settlement released yesterday, Barstool agreed to post a notice in its multiple offices saying management will not interfere with employees' rights under federal law to form a union or to otherwise join together in any way to improve workplace conditions. 
You don't have to want to form a union to have your rights at the workplace trampled on. Also, management agreed to refrain from threatening to fire any employee who wants to unionize and agreed to not poll employees to gauge their support for unions. Barstool also agreed to delete tweets from Dave Portnoy, which appear to be down. They additionally agreed to delete a video on their Facebook page, which, as Bloomberg noted, still appears to be up. The settlement noted, however, that Barstool has to prove their compliance within 60 days of the deal. That deadline has not yet passed. Set to pass sometime in early February. The charging party that signed the settlement was the IWW Freelance Journalists Union. So for anyone keeping score at home, it's Wobblies 1, Barstool Frat Dicks 0. Another charging party, however, appealed the terms of the settlement. Labor lawyer David Rosenfeld wanted Portnoy to have to tweet out the notice and apologize on Twitter for violating the NLRA since he used the website to break the law to begin with. The NLRB said, however, that Portnoy did not have to do that. Email and posting notices in the office would suffice. The board also did not get Barstool to admit to violating the NLRA. Also of note, the settlement revealed that Barstool management was behind a fake Barstool organizing committee Twitter account, ostensibly to try to lure in any of its employees who might be interested in organizing. Again, there was no admission of guilt here. Barstool simply agreed to delete the account. I gotta say, I love seeing a guy like Dave Portnoy get owned, but he didn't get owned nearly enough. No, not nearly as hard as he should have been. No. Labor law in this country is just simply woefully inadequate. Very soon, the Trump administration's EPA is expected to finalize a new rule that would shred yet another Obama-era environmental regulation. Proposed last year and nearing completion, the administration's clean water rule would undo a regulation implemented in 2015 that expanded the reach of the federal government to protect the nation's wetlands. The new rule would remove certain streams and wetlands from protection, giving more free reign to corporate polluters and developers. But before that happens, an oversight group in D.C. is hoping to kill the new rule over concerns that the EPA violated scientific integrity standards while drafting it. This week, Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility, or PEER, filed a complaint with the EPA's Acting Inspector General calling for a probe into the actions of EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler and other top officials at the agency. PEER's complaint includes allegations from 44 current and former employees of the federal government who are involved in the clean water rule, and they allege that agency brass, one, did not base the rule on science, Two, prohibited scientific staff from submitting comments on the rule as part of the official record. Three, publicly lied about the science behind the rule and exaggerated the uncertainties of the effects of the rule, as in they claimed to not know of any negative consequences, even though their scientific team was explicit about them. Four, did not welcome differing views as part of the scientific process. Peer argues that each one of these abuses violates the EPA's scientific integrity policy, which prohibits political officials from altering or suppressing scientific findings. In addition to calling for an investigation into the rule, the group is asking EPA's IG to discipline individuals who violated the science policy. There's been a noticeable spike in complaints to agency IGs to investigate scientific integrity violations. Government executive reported that employees at EPA, NASA, and NOAA 
are facing, quote, unprecedented interference from political appointees. And a 2018 survey of federal employees by the Union of Concerned Scientists found that 50 percent of respondents said that political considerations were trumping scientific-based research. Finally, President Trump is considering building up what started as his Muslim ban. He's considering adding seven new countries to the list of countries where citizens are banned from traveling to the United States. The Wall Street Journal first noted the plans earlier this week. Trump was asked about them in Davos, Switzerland, where he's attending the World Economic Forum. He said today, quote, we have to be safe. Our country has to be safe. You see what's going on in the world. Our country has to be safe. Honestly, if I ran another country, I would want to ban Americans from coming. We're the dipshits that wreck places. I mean, did you see the crowds in Richmond on Monday? What kind of an absolute mook would let U.S. citizens into their country? Need to shut down all travel to and from the U.S. until we can figure out what the hell is going on here, folks. According to the journal, the seven countries that President Trump is thinking about adding are as follows. Belarus, Eritrea, Kyrgyzstan, Myanmar, Nigeria, Sudan, and Tanzania. The list currently includes mostly Muslim countries, Iran, Syria, Yemen, Libya, and Somalia. After the initial order was issued and upheld by the Supreme Court, the administration added North Korea and Venezuela. NPR noted the Venezuela order applies, quote, mainly to government agencies and their families, a.k.a. we will still welcome people from Juan Guaido's class of bootlickers. <laughs> Juan Guaido. <laughs> Juan Guaido. Juan, why don't you get some popular support before trying to seize power? <laughs> that music means the newscast is over. Time to read some poetry for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month to get access to all the bonus content we put out. And you get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. This first one goes out to Max. Tulsi vs. Hill Dog. The Kook Troop vs. Natsek Hawk, the Battle of Cringe. Thank you, Max. This is for Misty. A classic jazz song where you are reminded of a cat in a tree. Thank you, Misty. This one is for Cadles. Hugging a dog tight, so tight that I absorb it. I'm now the dog man. Thank you, Cadles. I'm now the dog, man. <laughs> Finally, this is for David. I'm under the sea. Can you do drugs in water? A porpoise party. Thank you, David. And thanks to all the new subscribers on Patreon. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. If you haven't heard your haiku and you recently subscribed, tune in to tomorrow's show talking to you matt nathan and kevin all right last thing to get to before we leave is the listener rant line time for an update on the awful pundit tournament hey sam hey sam hey sentinel gang it's slater i wanted to call in with a quick tournament update um right now there's going to be a new round of voting as of the day that uh the sentinel podcast is being released and so I don't know who the winners are yet of the matches between Eli Lake and Matt Iglesias. That's the neocon, uh, neo-lib, egg-shaped guy challenge right there. 
Schlichter versus Maddow. This is an absolute barn burner. We have um, a feature match up here. Megan McArdle versus Tommy Laren. Mm. Um, yeah, people love that cat fight. And, um, you know, just heading up this group that's happening right now, we'll get the results by the time this podcast is out. Um, Tucker Carlson versus Amy Siskind. And uh, Barry Weiss beat Molly Hemingway. Bethany Mandel beat Glenn Beck. Uh, Joanne Reed over John Pedoritz with mm. her body language expert. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. And um, Ann Coulter over Jamie Kerchick. Very sad to see Jamie Kerchick eliminated. And um, just to round out my call, I just kind of wanted to address something Keister said from yesterday about not playing into the Bernie bro narrative. I I think at this point it's kind of clear that the people perpetuating it don't actually care whether there are or not Bernie bros. So do whatever you want, and hopefully that includes donating to the District Sentinel Patreon, to the Awful Pundits Patreon. Getting your big Dave card in the mail. Um, we'd love to see that happen. You know, um, real craftsmanship there from Tops. Very happy with it. Um, he's out. I think Slater has a point about the Bernie bro thing and that, uh, I mean, it's obviously ridiculous on its face, but uh, to, to illustrate that, like, we all have our own stories of being uh, flamed online by some vicious... Uh, Hillary bro <laughs> thinking about Ragnarok lobster who uh, you know loved by liberals constantly telling left-wing women to uh, S his D or whatever and uh, I I don't think it matters too much however I do think uh, Keister is right in that it's more productive to try to channel that energy into volunteering uh, for the Bernie campaign and trying to do something that is definitely positive as opposed to something where we're questioning whether or not it actually matters. Uh, although, like I said, I do think you should stick up for yourselves online and uh, keep coming with that trenchant criticism. Thanks for the update on the APT Slater. Hearing uh, Joy Reid, uh, her, her candidacy being boosted by the body language expert <laughs> fiasco over the weekend. It's like when a it's like when a tournament team's big man just gets real hot and is like rebounding everything. Uh it can't be stopped. Six of Joy seven could from make, three point line. Yeah, or like yeah, three point shooter gets hot and just can't miss anything and is carrying the team through the tournament. Joy Reed could make a run to the final four here. Or the what is that? The Farcacta the Fakakta 4. Fakakta 4, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, subscribe to uh, Slater's Patreon and our Patreon while you're there as well. That'll do it. Our Patreon first. <laughs> <laughs> pa- Slater does do a lot of work, though. He should be compensated for the work he does here. <laughs> Call the rant line, 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. That is the show for today. We will be back tomorrow. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.